Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Winner Winner PUBG Podcast. My name is Mike, aka MTB Trigger, and I'll be your host today. With me is the other host here at Winner Winner, Mr. Kev, aka The One Heart. Yo! He's here. He's hyped. And we're going to tell you all about why in just a minute. Oh yeah, there's good reason. But we are here to talk about all things PUBG, but specifically... Today, we're going to talk about the brand new test mode that launched on the live servers, the arena. So before we do that, we've got a couple announcements. They're quick. Uh, We started filming tutorial videos for PUBG. They're up on the YouTube page now. And we actually have some companion podcasts that will launch once those are done that will go along with them. So if you're brand new to PUBG, if you have friends that just got the game, these videos are for you or for you to share with them. Uh, We've got a couple up there already, and we're going to be completing those in the near future. The more exciting announcement that I wanted to tell you about is the giveaway. We have a monster giveaway coming through XP Media, which is our host for the podcast. We are giving away the H700 NZXT Limited Edition PUBG Mid-Tower Case. And inside of it, we actually built a $1,200 optimized for PUBG PC with a monitor with PUBG peripherals. We're giving away a PUBG SteelSeries keyboard, a PUBG SteelSeries headset, the PUBG SteelSeries QCK Plus gamepad, and we're giving away a rival pub, or it's not PUBG, the mouse is not PUBG, but all of that is going with this giveaway. It's going to be massive. Uh, Make sure that if you're interested in that, that you follow myself, Kev, the podcast, or XP Media on Twitter. All of that will be in the description. It is going to be massive. It's starting October 1st. Look for that. We're excited to not only give that PC away, but it was actually a project learning how PUBG works with your hardware. And we tested a bunch of theories in building a daily driver PC that has optimization for the game that is designed for PUBG. And we learned a lot about how PUBG interacts with your RAM, with your graphics card, with your hard drive. And we're excited to share all of that. And there's actually an 11-part YouTube series that will be live by the time you hear this. So make sure you go check that out. We build the PC on camera. I win a chicken dinner on it. And we talk about all the parts that we chose and why. So Super excited to give that away, to get that out there. But that's kind of the most exciting thing. So the best ways you can support us, guys, is to share the show with a friend. We've got a Patreon for those of you that are looking to support the show directly. And lastly, if you're looking for me specifically, you can find me on Twitch or Twitter at MTB Trigger, and you can always reach out to me on Discord. I'm close to out of breath. So Kev, how are you, man? Welcome. Let's talk about why we're excited. All right, before I jump into that, I just, I kind of wish I was eligible for this PC. It looks like a pretty pretty (laughs) beefy thing here, dude. Yeah, so if you're someone who is playing on an old laptop, maybe you just got some outdated hardware, maybe you're on console and you've always wanted to switch, but it was just a little bit unobtainable for you, this is something you're going to want to look into. 
So definitely look for the links for that. The reason that we're so hyped right now is we played a little bit of Arena with some of our buddies, J-Mac and Dadcaster. That went okay, but we had to play on EU. It was a little laggy. So we're like, all right, let's shake the rust off of that one and go play a duo before we get to recording here. We land in Gakka with like eight other teams. Absolutely insane. Team pushes me in a like ridiculous way. And I knock one, jump out the window. Trigger and I push up the stairs. He gets knocked and I get to do this sweet little jumping uh, shoddy kill that saved our game. And then we went on to, to win the game with a total of 13 kills. And just from start to finish, it was a great game and a just really tight, tight win. So I think I don't even think I had a vest at the end, dude. It was pretty tight. Honestly, it was probably one of the coolest like <laughs> duos wins we've had. And we've kind of got into this tradition where we start recording or we know when we're going to record and we always end up playing a couple of games beforehand just to get warmed up. And I think the last three times that we've done that, we've won. And it's and a one, it's it a one for one duo win. Like we don't one try multiple one. times. We just go play one game win and we go, I guess it's time to record. <laughs> and it's been really fun. But right, we dropped Gatka and there's at least five other teams, right? So there's 12 people in Gatka. We get kind of split up. I killed a couple people. He knocks a couple people. We get together. The last team is up there. And I run up the stairs thinking that he's rezzing his teammate. And the dude blasts me with the shotgun. And I'm like, oh, he's going to flush me. And then I do this 180 turn. And I'm looking like right at Kev's shins in the game. He jumps up. I hear the blast and the guy goes down and we both start screaming, dude. That was so cool. It was such a good round. So, yeah, shotguns, very, very viable early game early and, and just in tight quarters. It's just so good. So definitely pick those up. But we are here to talk about Arena today, right? We are indeed. How would you describe Arena by comparing it to other games? Oh, my gosh. Um... I think I would describe it as an auto battler. So anybody that's familiar with what is it called? Team fight tactics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've never played one of those, but they look interesting. I would describe it as an auto battler meets a battle royale, and then it has the economy piece to it. So it's almost like a Counter Strike or Valorant, some other game mode, Valorant, right? Where you're buying. It's you know, it's like the five v five combat where you're buying and you're managing your economy, and it's all of those in one. And I guess for the people that haven't played an auto battler, the reason I would compare it to that is an auto battler is kind of like a mini battle royale. Usually there's four to eight people and you battle each other person multiple times. And there's some kind of currency that you're trying to earn and you're trying not to lose all of your health. In those auto battlers, you, like, you build your team and then the team automatically fights. You don't actually control your team. So that's a big difference. But you're trying to win as much currency as you can and keep your health up. And that's actually almost identical to what's going on in the PUBG arena mode in that you're trying to not die and you're trying to maximize your currency so you can buy the bigger, badder guns as well as utility. So I would say it's Battle Royale meets Auto Battler meets Counter-Strike or Valorant. Yeah, and so there's three three maps you can play on. I, I don't remember, I think it's, what, Erangal, Sandhawk, and what's the other one? Uh, Miramar, I believe. Miramar, yeah. And so, think of kind of like uh, Warzone where you have those small circles, kind of the end circle feel, but a Warzone that just runs a lot better and just feels, it just feels right. Everything about this, to me, is better than TDM or, or Warzone ever was. Uh, I just, I absolutely love the premise for this. Think of the zones, there will be multiple teams fighting in different parts of the map, so everyone has their own circle. If you're on Sandhawk, you'll be 
There's a quarry location that's pretty tough to fight in. There's one on the getaway. There's a boot camp location that's honestly like with all the verticality in the underground, it's kind of kind of weird. We actually saw a team after we were done our round playing and the one team stayed underground, other team was up top and the team underground just got the center circle and won. It was kind of anticlimactic, but so there's a bunch of teams fighting all over the place. When you're done your round, whether you lose or die, you get to go and watch the other teams kind of do their thing. Oh man, it's so fun. The The economy piece is something that, you know, I started to learn that through Valorant this year. Never played CSGO, you know, I'm the console convert. So like, that's just not a thing. And so I love the idea of that for Valorant. You know, you play well, you get stronger and stronger, you lose and you got to kind of reset, use your money. You, you're a little strapped for cash at times. Okay, dude. So you just kind of broke down all of the different phases and things you need to think about. Uh, so for the person who hasn't jumped into this or didn't see the little blue box on the main screen, by the time that this comes out, it's going to be maybe a handful of days left of testing this thing out. So what's like the the building blocks of arena mode? What did PUBG tell us this is? Sure. So in each round, there are two to three squads. So you and one other squad are usually on the first round. And then from there on, you'll have probably two two other teams. And so, you know, up to 12 people, everyone lands. The, the drop from the plane is really fast. Each squad starts with three chances. So your whole squad can get wiped three different times and then you're out. When three or fewer squads remain, they're placed into a sudden death round where the winner takes the chicken regardless of how many chances each squad has left. So if you won all game, but then you, you die in that last round, you still lose, you know, what I mean? because there's just not enough teams left to keep playing. There's no world spawn weapons. You'll earn points during each round. They can be used to purchase weapons from the loadout menu. So on PC, that's the L key. On console, it's the map key, system menu, or touchpad, it says. Uh, I think that's like PS4, Xbox difference. Other items, such as attachments, helmets, vests, they all spawn across the map. And that's really important to know because you're not going to get anything better than a 2X on almost anything, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Even the snipers and the DMRs come with a 2X. Yep. Yeah. So you, everything comes with a red dot or a 2X, and that is it for attachments. So you really want to get you know, your grips, but the scopes are what is really important. You also can only get level one gear to buy, and they're, they're inexpensive. That's good. They're not, they're not going to break the bank for you, but one gear doesn't go that far. So you can find two gear around the map. So that's also huge to find. There's even level three vests, and I don't know if it was just in the final circle. But in one of the last games we played, I found a level three world spawn vest. I no, you're lucky. I haven't found anything like that. <laughs> oh, speaking of incredible moments, you know, we started off talking about that game we just had. But when we were in arena, we all kind of like dropped and, and it didn't go too well. <laughs> and our buddy J-Mac was like, where are you guys? He was pissed. He then wiped one whole team, but there was still another team left. And everyone but Trigger got knocked out. And. Trigger just so happened to be memeing with a crossbow, and we're like, great, this round's over. <laughs> well, he gets a crossbow knock, and then I think he got another crossbow knock, and then he runs out of the building, and the two guys who are left come sprinting around the corner, and all he's got is his standard pistol. I think everyone gets it. Yep. And he wipes both of them. <laughs> it was incredible. Saved the game for us. Yeah, we were on our last chance, because you get the three chances, so we were down to our last chance. This final team wiped you, Dadcaster, and J-Mac. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. Now, I did have circle positions, so they had to rotate to me. And of course, we're, we're on the European servers, so I'm dealing with lag as well. But my first crossbow shot knocks that guy as he was running to my right. My second crossbow bolt hits. And so, <laughs> so then there's, there's two up, and the one guy's rezzing. I've got my pistol, and this is on the edge of Pinon. And it's on the north 
southeast corner, and I was on the little lip is where I ended up, and one guy dies, so there's two up, and I've got my pistol, and I thought maybe they wrapped around to the other side, but then I hear the footsteps, and they're running at me in the blue, and I just start spraying into the blue, and they both die. (laughs) I, I can't believe I wasn't recording, because that was probably one of the most insane clutch situations that I've ever done with a crossbow specifically, but ending it with a pistol. That was insane. So, I mean, you're really never down and out in this game, which is what I like. You get the multiple chances, you get the the intensity of the final circle. So to go on with with what's going on, this is squad only. So, you know, four-man teams, typically people do squad up with, you know, lower than that. Uh, I'm not sure if you can set that to be like three-man squad and stuff. We haven't even tested it. But that means there's 64 players, 16 squads around the map. And so, you know, looking at the link that we'll put in from PUBG itself, you know, you can see pictures of what's going on. And there's six different little arena areas that are going on on Miramar in this picture. And so there's someone up in Oasis that's done. And then there's uh, there's someone down in Los Leones right in the middle. People are all over it, and you can watch the, the games go as as you're all playing and you're done your thing. Squad revive is a lot quicker. It's only five seconds. The blue zone is something you really need to worry about. We'll get into the meta later, but it, it moves really fast and like one circle hits and you get like one second and the next one's going. So we'll get more into that later. But after you win your arena or your round, uh, your team has 30 seconds to loot. So you can loot the dead bodies. You can loot the buildings, whatever you want. Go find some loot quick. I would suggest splitting up. You can always drop stuff for people later. Everyone has a three bag, so you're not worried about space and your gun automatically comes with ammo, I think each round, but you can bring an extra that you find. The good thing is, is depending on the round, a lot of times you'll have more ammo to pick up from other players. Winning is huge because not only do you not have to buy a new gun, but you can get all these other upgrades to yourself. Level 2 gear, better more guns, bring another gun for a dead teammate, all that kind of stuff is available if you win. So winning each round is helpful, but you're never out. You have money and you can re-equip yourself before you drop back in. Right. And I think it's worth saying, as we're going through all these details right now, this was a test. This is the first time it's been launched. It came out and it's really, really cool. But some of this stuff may change. It's probably going to go through a couple iterations. But yeah, like there's there's a couple different transitions. You know, you go from being on the loadout screen to the plane to dropping to fighting back to the loadout screen. And so there's there's a little bit of a clunk factor as you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on. So don't freak out. The first time you drop into this, it is a little odd because you kind of get jerked around and the gameplay is tight and fast. It's not a slow mode by any means. So it feels like, what do I do? Where do I go? <laughs> a full game takes a little while. You got to remember other teams are finishing their rounds. So you have to wait for everyone to be done fighting before anyone moves on. But I would say most of our games, each round was like a minute to three minutes tops. And that's it. Yep. But you do that like six or seven times to get to the end. Right. And then you have the 30 second loot phase after each round. Even the last team, like if there's one team and all other, you know, like 15 teams are waiting on these guys or whatever, the last team who finishes their round still gets 30 more seconds. So there's definitely some downtime in between. Probably not enough to run away from your computer unless you guys, you know, like one in, you know, like 10 seconds or a minute, you know, not the best idea to to run away, but some time, some downtime to talk, strategize for the next. Uh, You don't know where you're going to land next until you hit the plane. So that is one thing to think about. You have time to buy before the plane. 
and before you know where you're going and also while you're in the plane for a little bit. So you can wait if you have to buy new guns or, or you're thinking if you want to upgrade, you can wait and see like, am I going to want some range or do I need something for claustrophobic Los Leones? Yeah, you, you brought up a good point there. And I think I want to spend some time on that. I want to talk about some of the stuff that we've learned that maybe they're tips and tricks. Maybe they're meant to be part of it. There's a couple things that happen that are really worth understanding before you jump in and then as you experience it. And, and Kev hit one. As soon as the next round starts and it's into the loot phase for the other teams, you're going to see your buy menu. And you can buy stuff right then and there. But once you're in your plane, you can see where your drop location is going to be. You have from the time the plane starts till you have to drop in that circle to actually use your loadout and buy more stuff there. So there are situations where maybe if it's a close quarters map, you'd rather have like an AK or if it was a more open map with some vertical terrain, you may want an SLR or an SKS. So you don't have to buy right away. That loot phase, I promise, I promise, I promise, you will forget it's the loot phase. But if you're knocked and your team finishes somebody, you will stand up and you can run around and loot. You go to full health, you can move completely, and you can go loot enemy corpses or buildings. So there's some incentive to be paying attention and know where you kill people, know where other people died, because it does feel really, really fast compared to a normal game of PUBG. Yeah, and another thing to think about, and you know, people always get a little annoyed at flushing, you know, in a in a one life game, but this is this is multiple chances. And I think flushing is really smart in this game mode, if only to mess up someone's economy. You get money and you usually it'll have enough to get one of the cheaper weapons, but as the game progresses, they're gonna be going against teams with barrels and, you know, snipers and all of that. So being able to put a dent in someone's money so that they don't have the most stacked gear they can coming back from a death is is really a, a good strategy. It doesn't feel good when it happens to you, but it's a good strategy because they will just instantly, there's no rezzing. They're not, it's not eating into anyone else's time on their team. If, if you don't get that knock and then your whole team gets wiped, that's it. The round's over and they're standing back up and they're fine. As much as people don't love it, knocking is, is really something you probably should do if you have the space to do it. Then again, don't put yourself in a space where you die trying to get a knock when a player's standing and shooting at you. Even then, though, in this mode, when you finish the knocked player, that's when the cash comes to you if you get that finish. So not only is it important to be looking for this, you can also look at it to try to steal knocks from across the map. So this mode, it does incentivize you finishing your knocks. But to Kev's point, you want to use you want to do it strategically. But since the resurrect time is only five seconds in this mode, there's a huge advantage for taking somebody out. Because if you let them get safe, the resurrection takes five seconds, super fast, half the time of a normal one. Yeah, I don't know the, the amount of money, coin, whatever you want to call it, that you get for a kill. But even if your team gets wiped and you know, like, you know, there's no chance or something, you know, there, there could be a decent reason to be like, oh, I'm going to secure the one kill then because I, I, you know, I want a little extra money. Um, it's probably no more than like 150 coin. But that's a pack of bandages and an energy drink for the next round or, you know, that's a that's a police vest that you can bring in. Thinking about that, how worth it it's going to be to put yourself in that position. The flush is important. Yeah, I agree. And I think that was like a really good like overview of of kind of what goes on. And, and we'll still do more of this because I want to jump into what we like about the mode. But before that, I was sitting here thinking about how 
If you haven't played it and you just heard this, you may not quite grasp how a round goes. So I want to walk through what a typical round looks like. And remember that you can end up playing five, six, seven of these, and there's a number of things to know in between them. So the very first thing that happens is you load in, you wait for the match to start, you end up in the plane, you have time to buy your loadout, and then you're going to see on your map that there's a little circle that you have to drop in. So you have to select your drop point, go from the plane to the ground, and it's the quick parachute that if you're familiar with war mode and that click quick parachute, like if you're holding shift, you will be on the ground within like half a second from when your parachute opens. It's fast. Then you have time to loot or fight depending on where the enemies are. And then whichever team wins, they will have a 30 second loot phase. If your team dies, you can actually open the map and see what other circles are in combat. And you can double click those circles and go watch the other people that are fighting. So you can kind of see some strategy, see what's going on. And then once the last game finishes, you will go back to your loot menu and you will have some time to loot. And then at some point, once that final loot session is done for the final winning team, everybody gets thrown back into the plane and it's rinse repeat. So a lot is going on. So you just have to be ready for that because it is really fast paced. And there's one key tip that I wanted to throw in here. You have three chances. I can't tell you how many times when I first started trying this out in solo mode, my team would lose one round and then like two people would quit because they thought it was done and on to the next one. You have three chances as a full squad. So your full squad has to get wiped three times or you get to the final and you lose the final. So there is a point where if you win every single game and get to the final, there's a point where up in the top left, it's going to say chances one and it's the final round and that's winner take all. Yeah. So, you know, if if your buddies are carrying you one game, you could legitimately die like every round. But if your team's winning, you're going to come back. It's not individual lives. It's team chances. So you can die. And that doesn't go against your team or anything. It's just you have to now either be brought a new weapon from someone else or buy a new one, buy new gear. All You don't get the chance to have all of those things that carry over. If you never lose, you're going to have a backpack full of scopes. You're going to have tons of meds, tons of ammo, fully kitted guns. It's, it's a good thing to win, but it's not the end of the game if you lose. Is this a time to kind of start to get into the economy a little bit? Because I think that's really important to kind of talk about, especially for anyone who's never played an economy kind of round-based game. Yeah, let's let's talk about economy and, and leading into it, what I want you to know before Kev kind of talks about some of the different rounds and what to be thinking about is just know you can sell guns and once you're in the plane, you can actually go to your map, hit tab, move attachments around move stuff into your backpack and out of your backpack. That way you don't sell a gun with a scope or attachments on it that you want. And then you can go back to the loot menu and buy. And if you're holding two guns and you go to buy one in the loadout menu, it will actually ask you which one you want to replace. So the interface is very intuitive, but let's talk about economy because the most important thing to understand is why you would want to spend money on certain things at certain points in the matches. So you know, you mentioned the Tommy gun earlier mm-hmm. about economy. So so break it down. What do we got? All right. So we were playing EU servers. We, we, we kind of think that they play a little different, but uh, that's besides the point. We saw some people who probably have some CSGO experience 
thinking of the first round as a pistol round, you know, just kind of go with what you have and maybe get like the deagle or something, right? And it didn't work for them at all. They, they all died pretty much because you get 400 coin and that's exactly how much the Tommy gun goes. And Tommy gun with a red dot, 35 bullets or whatever it is, like that's very strong. Mm-hmm. It's going to do a lot of work, especially because almost no one is going to have armor. I mean, I, I don't think that those pistol boys were running armor in that first round. I, I don't think they could afford it, really, or it'd be kind of a waste. Typically, if you can land and get into a building pretty quick, you're going to be able to find that one gear eventually anyway. So yeah, a lot of times, I think every first round, we all bought Tommy guns. Um, and then if we would die, the uh, other SMG that's it's cheap and effective is the, the ump. It's fantastic, and it's only another 100 credits, 500 credits. So if you're coming back and you, you don't want to waste too much corn and you're trying to save up for later rounds, I'd say the ump is like a go-to for most people. The Tommy gun is just a little bit cheaper and available round one. So you go from there. Um, I will say that I think some of the prices specifically for the ARs are a little out of whack. Uh, we all know <laughs> yeah. that the barrel is a little strong right now, uh, putting that lately compared to the other ARs, but for whatever reason, that's only a thousand credits, and then every other full auto AR costs more. So the QBZ costs more. It's like thirteen fifty. The Scar is like twelve fifty. The M4 is also cheaply priced. Like they're putting the guns that people want the most at the cheapest price. So you you do see a lot of barrels uh, in the later rounds. And other than that, I think the pricing's fine. But I think it's just the ARs need some pricing changes. Well, I I think pricing is probably the biggest opportunity that they have because while the barrel seems weird that it's the cheapest, I was looking at it through the lens of ease of control with no equipment on it. True. And the barrel without any attachments is rough to control. So, you know, from that standpoint, it kind of makes sense. But where I think the opportunity is with the loadout menu and the pricing is teaching people what's important or what the current meta is. You know, a brand new player or somebody who's coming back to the game, you know, if you jump into arena and you're like, oh, the AK is 1500 and the barrel is 1000, it's like, oh, should I be focusing on the AK? And the answer is not necessarily because the time to kill on the barrel right now is insane. So when it's kitted out. So I think there's a real opportunity in here for teaching new players as well, as it relates to economy and what the prices actually mean. So I think the only round that I saw anything other than a, a barrel or an ump uh, in terms of like full auto weapons was uh, the round that you got that two two pistol kills to end, the, you know, with the crossbow that we were just talking about. Someone actually had a QBZ for comfort level that they just wanted that. They also had someone else had like an SLR. So like trigger left that round loaded with, with really good gear. Yeah, I had a fully kitted barrel and a fully kitted SLR with a 6X. No, 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 it was I a QBZ. Mean, it was a QBZ, and I, I noticed oh, yeah, yeah, it because yeah, yeah. it was the only time I'd seen one all all day. We played like four or five rounds. You're right. And that's the only time I saw someone spend the extra coin. Now, that was like the third round in. They probably won their first two, and you know we're feeling pretty good about like I can spend a little extra here, and the QBZ is the gun that I like. I agree. I love that gun. Just for the scope sprays and, and you know the, the distance spray is so easy on that gun. I think it's one of the most satisfying guns to use, despite its drawbacks on time to kill. Right. But mostly we were seeing Tommy guns early, Tommy guns mid, if you just held on to it. I mean, there's no reason to get rid of the Tommy gun if, if you didn't die, in my opinion. It's probably the reason I had the most cash most rounds for our team. A lot of Winchesters later on, so the Tommy-Winchester combo or an ump-Winchester combo is great, because I think that's only 800 coin. 
So for the price of one QBZ, I can get an ump and I can get the Winchester. So, you know, you, you have both close range, mid range, and you have a good one shot headshot on a lot of players since the one helmet is the prevalent one. Another thing though is like, I think if you win your first round or you even just have enough to buy another Tommy gun and you have another around 400 coin left, you'll want to buy a vest and a helmet because the drop is very, very fast. Think think uh, the Karakin drop, how it's, it's kind of hard to judge compared to others, but then also the war zone, like if you're holding shift to go down all the way, you're literally just dive bombing straight to the ground right from where your parachute hits. You're, you're, you don't have a lot of opportunity to float if you're holding shift. Now, you can float, but it makes you a big target. But a lot of times we we drop into one spot that was kind of like maybe center zone or just the compound that people wanted, and there'd be two teams on us or, or another team right on us. And if you don't have a vest right on the go, you're going to have a hard time against someone else. And that was the deciding factor for us, win or lose, was I should have had a vest or thank God we had vest and helmet to start that round. Yeah, because it feels like, oh, I should just land and then go find a vest. And I think where I would kind of put my two cents in on this would be if it's a eight person match, meaning it's you guys and one other team, I think it's reasonable to be able to find buildings and loot them. But when it's three teams, the map is really small. And the truth is, to Kev's point, there were two rounds of the, I don't know, we played three full games. So we probably played 14 to 17 matches. We won one, which is awesome. But there was a point where we realized that two rounds were exclusively lost because we got into a fight as we landed and two of us didn't have vests. And we got the first shots off and they were able to just tank it and destroy us. So absolutely, I agree with you. I think vests are important. I do think if it's a map with like one town, then you probably need to have a vest. If there's like three or four towns, you could probably jump out of the plane a little late, figure out where the enemy's going, and then go find a place to loot. Even then, there's plenty of times I went in buildings and there weren't vests there. So I think the vest of anything is super important because of how fast the circles move and how much, how many UMPs are out there, you know, UMPs and Tommy guns. Those things shred if you don't have a vest on. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sitting here and they're showing on the site and I don't have all the things memorized, but they are showing the equipment side. And so other than buying, you know, your handguns, the shotguns, SMGs, the other, all the guns, which of course, remember, you cannot find those on the ground. You can loot them from other bodies, but you will not find them. In the equipment section, you can buy level one vest, a level one helmet, bandages, first aid kit, energy drink, painkiller, Stun, molly, and smoke, no grenades. Um, I did find a decoy grenade at one point. I don't remember finding real grenade, regular grenades. I don't know if they're in the mode at all. Good point. I don't know. And I don't remember really finding the the stuns and the smokes and all of that in the world either. Uh, I know that you can find, I'm pretty sure you can find energy drinks. Or is it just attachments? I, I don't remember. I don't what know. I think it's attachments and... There's a lot of scopes and a lot of vests around. And I think they might have done this on purpose just to keep the loot pool consistent. Um, but doing the quick math on, you know, you die from a round, you only need 700 credits to get the Tommy gun for 400, a police vest for 150, a helmet for 125, and you can pick a pack of five bandages for 25. And I really think you should always spend the extra 25 coin on a pack of bandages, like every time. 
If you can get two, go for it. I mean, you will take a little bit of damage, and it's very nice to be able to heal. Uh, first aid kits are 200, so, like, that's some endgame stuff. But, you know, if, if you know you're going in the last round, always buy out. We had one game that I think we lost just because we didn't all buy out and get all the equipment and, you know, first aid kits that we sh- we really needed for that fight. Yeah, I think that's really important because we actually did lose that game because we didn't have first aid kits. Everybody was bandaging and we all left a couple hundred. I bought three first aids to, to finish out my stuff, but I had to give one away. I had already used one and then I got hit hard again and yeah. got picked up, but I couldn't do anything. So it just put us in a, in a rough spot. We just landed. We also landed in a really rough spot too. Yeah. But yeah, so that's only 700 credits total to get a decent gun that most people are using anyway and your helmet vest and some bandages. For another 100 credits, you can go with the ump and shred even faster. Yeah. So that is like the econ loadout in my mind. I agree with you. And I just think that what I love about the buy menu and the system, and I don't think the prices are right, but this is brand new. It's fresh. It's being tested. So I'm confident that they'll look at that and get it in the right spot. But I love that there's risk reward. And I also love that the meta could be shifted in arena mode by simply updating a spreadsheet of what things cost. You know, like they could literally say like Molotovs are 500 now or you know what? The SMGs are more expensive. No, like fire sales though. Like, uh, you know, you have your set price and maybe they get like a locked in price for things. Like, I think the barrel needs to go up in price. I under, I think you're right on the, the reasoning behind it being the cheapest one, but I, I just think 1,000 credits for one of the strongest guns and like, you're not buying a barrel until later rounds most of the time. So you probably yeah. already found the grips you wanted and you're good to go. So I think the barrel needs to be changed. I think the pricing could change and um, or even just make them almost the same. I mean, like if you think the CSGO or for me, it's Valorant because I, I never got into CSGO. I was just a little too late there and there's like a billion maps to learn. So I, I'm not doing that. I'm thinking of Valorant and there is the, the Phantom and the Vandal. And they're very similar with just some differences on one-shot headshot at range uh, versus a little bit faster fire rate in the Phantom. But they're like the same price, if not off by like 100 credits. It's not mm. like wildly different or I'm, uh, they might even be the exact same. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But the, the point is, is that, yeah, these guns are all pretty much the same with their slight differences and they shouldn't be so wildly different. It shouldn't cost, it shouldn't cost a full helmet and vest difference between uh, a 5.56 five, weapon and the barrel, you know. But my thought is like they could do weekly sales on a weapon like, oh, the, right. you know, like the QBZ that usually costs this much money is only going to be 900 credits next for the next week. Um, the car 98 will be also like 1100 instead of I think with the one shot headshot potential on everyone with the car 98. I think those are like 2200 or something ridiculous. You don't see a lot mm-hmm. of them. So they could do sales just to, to change up that meta. I really hope this becomes a permanent mode. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing some other things go away. We're, we're going to have to talk about queue, all the different queues at some point. You know, where there's rumors of ranked solos coming out. You know, there's there's the issue of, of bots and stuff like that. But I really hope this becomes a permanent mode. And I really hope they do stuff like that where there's, there's you know, weekly or biweekly changes to the meta forced on the players by PUBG. Well, yeah, and I... I do want to hit on that because when you're saying I hope it becomes a permanent mode, I share your your feelings on that. I really think that this is a phenomenal testing period and launch to a new mode. So what do you like about this? Why do you think it deserves to be a permanent mode? You either get the rush of a hot drop when everyone lands on top of each other or, you know, you and the two other teams of the other team land 
in completely opposite areas and you're able to kind of get your bearings, loot up a little bit for the next round or for what you need for this round, and then go at it with that all on the line kind of thing. But then you're not sent right back to the lobby. You're you're sent to another round and there's some breathing time all around. It just feels like it's it's fast paced with a chance to catch your breath and fast paced again. And uh, winning feels great. Losing doesn't feel terrible because, you know, you got some extra chances. And if you die three times, it's okay. You know, if you lose a game, it's not a, it's not a huge deal. Like you just realize like, oh, we had a couple bad rounds. No, no big deal. You're back in one pretty fast. So I just think they, they did. They took BR and they took it in a new direction that feels really good. Uh, it, it brings that economy in that a lot of players are learning uh, or already grew up with. You know, Trigger, Trigger grew up with playing CSGO. I just got into Valorant and like now I'm learning that system and I love the idea of economy, especially when I watch really good players go at it. Seeing how they, they work their economy to their advantage is really interesting. But instead of just 1v1 team fights, you know, it's it's still got the BR feel of there's going to be three teams in the last circle and you can't just focus on one team or you get shot in the back of the head, that kind of stuff. So overall, this is just such a good, good game mode. Uh, I'm really just having fun with it. It doesn't feel buggy. The, the economy changes that they're going to have to make are, are really kind of it. I haven't run into any like game-breaking bugs or anything. I'm happy with it. What about you? I think you said something that has kind of been my feeling since I first tried it in that they took a bunch of good stuff and the feelings that you get from an endgame situation in PUBG, which is arguably one of the coolest situations in any FPS game out there, and they condensed it into these short, rounds and somehow captured that. I mean, there's no grenades in it, which I like. It's a focus on gunplay, which I think is how this should be. You still have to move around and manage circles. It doesn't matter what your play style is. If you like to kind of pick a spot and sit there, or if you like to be really aggressive, you can do both on this to an extent. You know, if you pick something central, you can camp there. If you like to roam, you can do that, but it is going to be quick. Additionally, we never even hit this, but it brings up so much room for strategy. And I hadn't even thought about this until you mentioned the word Valorant. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, there may be a time where it's like, okay, who's our sniper? Okay, who's going to be our, you know, the guys that are going to push or whatever else? Okay, we need to get an SLR to this person. Yeah, like it actually lends itself more to that kind of gameplay because you have extra chances. You know, it's almost like PUBG took the gulag and made it their own, right? You get to come back and try again. And that's the thing that more than anything else in this mode, the reason why I think it has a very, very long shelf life is you you said it, man. You If you die, you're either right back in the next round or you are back in the next game and you don't have to wait forever to get in. So, I just think that this has so much opportunity to become a really good mode. And I think what excites me is how different it is from the other stuff we've seen. But now they're putting economy into the game. They're completely changing the mechanics in the game. And it makes me think back to when they did the Fantasy Battle Royale, the Fantasy BR, and the War Mode, and the Deathmatch. And I'm like, okay, this one hits a little bit differently. And I think it could be amazing for community tournaments. Imagine being able to control some of this, dude. Imagine if we had 50 people, 64 people, or even 20, and we could customize what the prices are 
on these items or where the circles were or, or whatever, this would be an amazing custom mode. Yeah, change the number of peoples, make it four duo teams in the final circle. Oh, duos in this would be so sick. Please, please. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> Brian, I beg you. Please. Okay, so I, I think we're on the same page here. And basically, everybody that I've talked to has been like, I want to play it more. I'm not quite sure about the economy. But no one's saying like, I'm done with it. I don't want to play it. They're more like, I want to get better at it. And to me, that's that's a huge thing. So let's flip over to the opportunity side. Like, Where do you think the opportunity is to make this mode better right now? Since it is in testing, I think it's good to give feedback on it because there are some things that are clunky or I think could be worked on. So what are you looking at as the biggest uh, kind of opportunities for this mode to be the best it can be? I think... Um... I think it's important to know when your final round is actually happening. There should be something on screen while you're thinking about buying that tells you, like, this is your last round. Like, this is it. This is for the chicken. That way you know to buy in. Even though we kind of had said it before and, and Trigger and I bought in all the way, I don't think it was, like, properly communicated with all of us trying to think out loud about, like, what we're going to do, that this was the last round. Buy everything. Buy all the, the first aids, the smokes. You know, make sure you have everything you want. Buy a second gun. You can afford it. You've been saving all game. I think that's a really important thing. It'd be nice to know, like, before you leave the plane, even if it's just like a five-second warning beforehand, uh, before you get into the zone area to drop, how many teams you're going to fight. Uh, maybe mm. that's by design. Maybe maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe that's wrong. I would like to test that out and know that I have two teams or one team to focus on because then you can decide... Yeah, there's a lot of info to communicate before dropping into the circle. Like that window of time, especially if it's a circle that's really close to where the plane's coming from, you don't have a lot of time to communicate. Okay, where are we going to drop? What's our plan? How many teams are in here? Oh, I need to buy stuff. Like it seems really fast. Yeah, and I mean, you can kind of suss out how many people are in there because it will say how many people are remaining. So it'll it'll say eight or 12 or something. I think one game it was like, uh, just 10. So we were like, okay, I guess we have two teams of three here or something. You can figure it out, but it's it's nice to just be told. Uh, it takes a little bit of the team communication and, and kind of simplifies it. And I think it'd be also good for people who are uh, not playing with a pre-made group like we are, because there's going to be teams that are playing without mics even. So like as much information can be like kind of given to start, I think is important. I also, the other only real thing that I think should be, uh, should be, changed or, or talked about is the blue zone and just how fast it moves from one round to the next. There's really only two circles after the, the main one you jump into. But it feels like as soon as the first one closes, there is zero time between it just going to the next one. And it hurts. Yeah. So it's like you, you usually are used to having at least a couple seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds before you have to make your, your push. It just means that a team that has the circle like wins easy like every time yeah well and and that's kind of the thing that has me battling in my own mind like originally when i stepped into arena i was like this may be the best thing for new players because you get to learn all of the systems in this condensed sort of mode but then as i got thinking about it more i'm like man the zone move specifically is so fast that if you're trying to learn all of the other systems and stuff like you're just going to die to blue, and that's not going to be super fun. But, you know, your teammate thinks that you're able to res them 
and you know that you can't, so you leave them, and then you're just yelling at each other, and you can't. The guy who's leaving can't focus. There is no time, even though you just wiped the squad on zone edge, and you have a player down. Like there's no time to pick him up, even though it's only five seconds. It's like, well, there's no time. There's zero time. So I know that they're trying to make it hectic like that, but it doesn't doesn't feel like a real game even remotely when you get caught running from blue. You just spend the whole time, and, and that that doesn't feel good. I do think there should be a 15 second window between the rounds at least you know just i know it'll still keep it fast in my mind but give some people a chance i think it's another reason why you don't see smokes used like at all really like very rarely did i see anyone running a smoke i agree with the smokes too because they they come out sometimes but not a whole lot but i was thinking about this related to your 15 second round thing what if once you were out and it was the loot phase for the winning team, the final winning team, what if instead of looking at your loot menu, you could see the next circle you were going to be in earlier? Like you could toggle into your map and it would say next circle here. It's not that you would know where the plane was coming from, but it just seems like it's that window that really hurts everything. Because if you have a really intense match and you win it and you're the last team to win, you're in the plane having to figure out your loot right then. It's it's so fast, which is also why I like it. And that's where, you know, it's a toss-up for me. It's like, okay, is the mode just really good and I'm not used to it yet? Or is it a little bit too fast for the long term? I don't know. I lean towards it's a little bit clunky and fast right now. And maybe just having earlier access to where the circle's going to be. Because I don't know. There's so much to communicate in like, oh, we're on Pinean. I need to switch and get an SLR. Yeah. Well, to move your items off of yourself that you need and then buy the SLR, pick which gun you're going to replace. And then, oh, do I have meds? Do I need mall? Oh, we're dropping. <laughs> you know, it's it's really quick. So I, I really think there's a lot of opportunity in this. I don't know. Your ammo kind of replenishes because like I bought the crossbow. And I think you get 10 bolts, for example. And I shot like six or seven of them. And then I had to wonder, okay, do I need to buy another crossbow to get ammo? And then when I got to the loot screen, it replenished it. But for me, if I have a crossbow, like 10 shots sounds like a lot, but there's opportunity with the crossbow to kind of hide and snipe with it. So it would be cool maybe if we could buy ammo. Yeah. And then it's things like the SLR. Like I bought the SLR and I think you get 40 bullets or something, which in a three team circle, you can mow through that amount of ammo. So again, it's not something that I think is critical to the mode. It feels pretty good as far as ammo and resources go, but there's just opportunity for that. Like it would be pretty cool if at maybe one week they're like, you can buy red dots or two X's or three X's, or you can buy ammo, or maybe this week you can buy vertical grips. Like, I don't know. It, it could just change everything up, these little tweaks, which I think is amazing. Sure. And I mean, we started figuring out like per circle what we need to do. So there are things you're going to learn, like how to play an area and, you know, drop metas will probably form around those things. And what worked best for us usually was just going central. Because of how fast the zone moved, we could hunker down, get settled and situated usually. That is, if no one landed right on us. Uh, I think a lot of people are figuring out that because of the zone and the way it moves, it makes sense to go central. But I will say like, all right, so we're not competitive players, but we all, everyone who's playing with us today, you know, we all have over a thousand hours, if not two or more, you know, and we still found it a little fast. And I do think this is a fantastic way for people to learn how to play PUBG, not how to play TDM, you know, not how to play Warzone, which is just way too chaotic. 
Well, it's like Final Circle Battle Royale is what it is. Exactly. You know? And you get to do it like seven times most games. So at least you get to do it at least three times. You can lose, but you still get three endgame circles, which is something that the new player doesn't get at all. Right. It's also cool because you fight different teams, or at least you have the opportunity to fight different teams. Maybe it's random and you end up fighting the same one. But if there's a team that just dominates you, the next round you have a chance to fight a different team that maybe your skills are better matched against. And that's a really cool feature. And, you know, we have no idea how this this matching algorithm goes once you're in the game, but that could be that could be coded in. We have no idea that, uh, you know, the two team two teams that lose the first round will play each other in the second round so that you're against another team that maybe has bad economy or or might be closer to your skill level, which I mean, losing one round has says nothing about skill level. We had some rounds where we won almost instantly just because everyone landed on the same spot. But the people who we were going against just landed right in front of us. So we just instantly locked onto them while they're turning around looking for us. So that can be interesting. But the time between the circles and then the time between the rounds, especially for the last team that was fighting, I, I think that those things could probably be slowed down a little bit for them. Um, even if it's just like the last team to fight gets the furthest circle. So they have a little extra time in the plane. Like those things could could help uh, the newer player because if we were getting a little overwhelmed at times, I can only think of the new team, new players or even just a team with one new player, like just being a little overwhelmed, trying to trying to help them out or, or learn it. On the flip side of that, it's also a great mode to bring a new player into mm-hmm. because they're going to have to learn fast. And it's not like you get ejected from the game if you lose a round and you get three losses, and then you jump back in. So it may get intense. And even some of the games we were playing, it got intense because it was like, Mike, why are you dropping across the map again when you said you were dropping here? You did it again. <laughs> but it, it can get heated because it's so quick. But I also think that this would be a mode that would be great for somebody that just got the game and you bring them in with you and you can explain all these things. They'll die to blue. They'll get shot. They don't know where. They'll get Molotov. And you'll get to explain all these things in this simplified version of a big battle royale game. And it's simplified in terms of how long things take and how fast it is. But I think transferring for a new player from the original mode to this is going to be harder than someone who starts in this mode and transfers to the bigger one. So in that way, I think it's better. I agree with you. Yeah, I I just think compared to your other outlets for learning, you know, you can learn the hard way like many of us, you know, players have been around for, you know, a couple of years now where you just play the main game and... That's great, but you, you learn the hard way a lot that way. And yeah. I think TDM is so loud and so chaotic. I mean, I don't even play with the sound on anymore because I don't want to hurt my ears doing that. And Warzone's a lot of the same. I, I you know, I just think that it's too chaotic. There's too much going on in a Warzone. And this just seems to have taken all the lessons that they've been learning and then adding in all the good things from other games, like your auto battlers, like your currency, you know, CSGOs and Valorant, and they put it together into this super unique thing that makes how it still feels like a BR. You get the training you need for PUBG specifically. It's just such a good opportunity for players to learn in an intense environment that still feels kind of forgiving. You know, like I said, yeah. with that budget loadout for seven to 800 credits, I'm pretty sure even if you lose the first round, you can get all of those things for, you know, like I'm pretty sure you get that economy right right away. So yeah. You're you're always put in a position where you're not so you're you're not just screwed. Sure, the other team might have a barrel, but like you have a Tommy gun and armor, you're, you'll be okay. 
And I just think that that's going to put people in a position where it's not like, I landed and all I got was a pistol, you know? Like, it's not going to feel like that. Yeah. I think what I want to do is just kind of end on our, our like best tips because you hit a lot of economy stuff, which I love. And I'm guessing your tips are based on that, but maybe not. Uh, so like, what do you think is your like top one or two tips for someone who hasn't jumped into this, but is going to after they hear this? Tommy gun first round, always buy bandages. An energy drink can't hurt. It's only 75 credits. Land together. Uh, that one's for trigger, uh, mostly. <laughs> No, it was funny. He he did tell us, like, I'm going to land on this rock with my SLR. And then he was like, oh, there's a team there. And he's the only one who split and the rest of us died. <laughs> and we were like, thanks, Trigger. You know, and then he was the one with the highest ping as well, uh, being the furthest away from the EU server. So he's Missed like, I can't, even, shot. I can't even hit <laughs> these shots. And it's like, well, if you landed with us, you know, like... <laughs> It was just, it was funny. But yeah, landing together, um, practice that landing. It's very different from anything else. Like I said, it's, it's typically you go straight down and you're just landing right on the ground. So there's like almost no ability to move forward unless you let the parachute go while you're just pushing out. I don't think that that's a good idea. Every time I did it, I was getting shot out of the sky or just people saw me landing late and they were trained on my landing location. So I land on a roof and just get obliterated like right away. So yeah, land together. Work on landing right on top of each other. That decided a few games. And um, think about what you're going to do based on your landing location to get across a field. It's it's going to be, you might have picked a good spot to start and then the shift comes. And it's uh, it's good training for real games too because you can't ever know when where the end circle is going to be. But your economy is going to be pretty good uh, if you win the first two, three rounds. So you can probably buy whatever you want. But always bring those bandages and... Uh, always get a Vessen element, in my opinion. I think I think that's really it. Yeah, I think that's good. I think what I would say is it's a little different than that. My top tips would be more around know where the choke points are on the circle. And as it's moving, you know, look for high ground, look for rocks, look for buildings and understand where people are likely trying to get to or areas that you can use for cover. And then two, I would say that don't underestimate healing items. Also, don't underestimate how few healing items people have in the beginning of these modes. So if you get the Tommy gun like Kev suggests, and you see somebody, try to hit them a couple times because the odds of them being able to heal that are so low, and it can be a huge game changer if you land a couple shots and then everyone has to rotate, but now they have health running in. So keep in mind that it's most people, unless it's the very end game, but even then we struggled with this. We died because we didn't have enough meds and we didn't communicate on it. Make sure to utilize your backpack. I benefited so many times from looting like every attachment, every ammo, as much healing as I could off of dead bodies, because then you have an opportunity to switch if you want. And it's a level three bag. You can carry a lot. And then the last thing I would say is don't be afraid to fill up your bag as well, because when you drop in, if you get to a spot where you have a little breathing room, like if you drop in a town and you've already got your helmet and vest, well, then you can look through your inventory and drop stuff that you're not going to need. Like if you have an extra flash hider or, oh, I switched off my barrel so I can drop this nine millimeter now. There's just a lot of opportunity for loot management and healing management. And I think getting really good at loot management and recognizing that most players throughout the entire game aren't going to be sitting on huge piles of meds is really important. And it puts the focus back on gunplay. So shoot the guns, try different ones, get comfortable, 
because this is going to be a lot of shooting and a lot of rotating around the map. So enjoy it, have fun, and know that you get three chances and you can get back in if you need to. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's it. Just go play the play the mode. It's here until October 8th. Hopefully we get this out pretty early on October here before so you can hear, be inspired to play and go do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Get your friends to come back to the game and get your friends who haven't played maybe in, in a, a year, two years, Get them to come back and play or, or try it for the first time. This is the mode to teach somebody on, in my opinion. You don't have to worry about teaching them how to loot and do all of those things. And uh, play it with your friends. Have a good time. Don't take yourself too seriously on it. Um, no one's going to have a leaderboard for this. I hope they don't. I guess the other thing about your looting tip was just grab every big scope you can. If you have you know two four times and a six, of course you don't need all of them. But like Trigger said, if you can drop the scopes to somebody... Being able to get a spot away from people and just tap at people with these higher scopes is fantastic. So that's it. Don't worry too much about the economy. Buy out on your last round. Stick with your team. I think that's awesome, man. Well, I don't have anything else on the mode. I think it's great. I'm excited to see what it evolves into. Uh, you got anything else on Arena? Just give me duos, please. <laughs> I, I hope we get some options. Even if we could queue in as a two-man squad, I think that would be cool. Because right now it does fill no matter what you uh, queue in as. So maybe we'll get some options, maybe not. I think it would be good as squad, but I am so into duos in PUBG right now that I would love to see an arena duos. I think that would be so cool. Same, yeah. Duos has always been my mode, but uh, it has been something I've always kind of wanted. Um, so duos would be great, but honestly, this mode is so fun. I really hope it comes back and uh, comes back for good. Uh, I can see myself playing this a lot. So yeah, other than that, um, we're going to close this out. Remember what we talked about in the beginning of the episode? We'll be having that PC giveaway. The thing is going to run PUBG really well. If you're coming from something like console or just an older set of hardware or a laptop, this is going to be a major improvement and really help you kind of take yourself to the next level. You know, hardware doesn't win games, but it certainly makes it easier to spot people, to track them. All of those things really do help you becoming a better player. So look out for that. I mean, who doesn't want a PC that looks like a drop crate, like it's such a cool case. I remember when I was building, I ended up with an H500, which is from NZXT. I mean, it's it's a great sized case. I think the 700 is just a little bit bigger and it looks fantastic, but it was sold out, so I, I couldn't get it. Um, so yeah, look for that. It looks so good, dude. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> I know. Uh, you're actually going to get this in Trigger's old case. You'll get all the new hardware, but just... Uh, <laughs> Don't know where it went. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. It's a black case now. Um, so yeah, look for that. I think trigger. I don't know if you said it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a tiltify. Am I wrong? Gleam, gleam, gleam. So you have to enter this. You'll you might be familiar with this uh, if you've seen the Glean system. Uh, but it'll take you to a place where you can follow me, Trigger, Ronald, the show, Twitter. You know, and and there'll be a couple other options. The uh, YouTube page, I think. Each one that you follow will give you uh, a chance to get it. So you can get up to like five or eight chances. I don't think we've put a number on it or fully figured that one out. So just keep that in mind. Follow as many as you want, and um, that'll that'll keep you in touch with us and what we're doing and give you a chance at a really cool PC that you really don't want to miss. I know the peripherals are good too. That headset is loved by a lot of people I know. Um, a buddy of ours won the keyboard a while back from PUBG, and they still use it. They love it. It was an upgrade from a pretty good keyboard they already had. So honestly, you're going to be in great shape with that whole package. Um, one of the best giveaways I've ever seen. So definitely get in there. I'm jealous. I'm not allowed. Even if you don't get into it, 
we're putting out two videos that I think everybody should watch. And it's going to be an introduction for a lot of you to Ronald, who is um, a partner of ours in XP Media. But he put together two videos. One is how to optimize your current PC for PUBG, meaning if you walk through the video and it's like 20 something minutes, but he goes through everything in Windows, everything in PUBG and talks about how to make your PC optimized to play this game the best it possibly can. And there's a hardware upgrade guide. So if you're considering upgrading your PC, he goes through and goes through the prioritization of what you should spend your money on because of how PUBG uses that hardware. And those are two separate videos. So your current PC and your future PC, all designed to help you run it the best you possibly can. And that's that's one of the things that came out of doing this giveaway. So we wanted to give back in a number of different ways. So we're pumped to get that out there. And Trigger, there is a, um, for for this PC, you guys filmed the building of it, right? Like you kind of learned how yes. to put it together for the first time? Yeah. Right? So if somebody wants to learn how to build a PC, we literally did that. I've never built one from scratch. So I literally sat there, watched it. I'm on camera watching, asking questions and learning how to build a PC with Ronald. He taught me how to build a PC and we filmed the entire process from two angles. So you can see us working on the table and then we have an overhead angle as well. You can So you can see us actually putting the standoffs into the case and, and where everything fits in. So the person that wins this computer will literally have a four-part video series of how it was built, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't want anyone to be scared of building PCs. It's not that hard. Uh, I, I did it through some help from friends on picking the parts, and then I watched a YouTube video like 17 times before I ever built it, and then I went step by step with it. And yep. it's it's nothing more than expensive Legos, really. I mean, it's a lot of it's pretty plug and play. There's some screws. It is. It's, 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 it's pretty straightforward. And once you're done, you'll be really proud of yourself for doing something that you thought was so hard. And you'll also be like, that wasn't that hard. It was. It, it's really not that big a deal. So um, it'll make you more comfortable with everything. It'll make you understand your system a lot better if you build it yourself. And it'll save you money. If you've ever thought about it, you can do it. You can do it for really good prices. The... The newest GPUs are driving all the prices down for all of them. So you can get an older one for cheap. You can get the new ones for really reasonable prices. And that's usually the biggest ticket item. So now is a great time to build a $1,000 machine. And it will it'll knock the socks off of the new consoles. Sorry, console guys. And it's just going to be fantastic. And it's really not that hard. So get out there and build one. It's really great. And this guide will help you. Yeah. And this machine that we built with a normal case and including the monitor, was $1,200 when we bought it. And it's now cheaper than that because in between then, the 3000 series NVIDIA cards came out. So this rig is right about there. And I can tell you, while recording gameplay at 1080p 60fps through OBS, I was getting well over 130 frames all the time in PUBG, except on some hot drops. But this machine runs it extremely well. So I'm excited to get it out there, man. Yeah. So other than that, um, that's our big thing. We want everyone to try and get their, their chance to win this thing. It's going to be great. And other than that, where can they find you, Trigger? Best place to find me is I've been playing a lot of PUBG on stream recently. So a couple days a week, you can find me on Twitch at MTB Trigger, or you can find me on Twitter at the same handle and Discord as well. So MTB Trigger anywhere. If you see that name, I'm not aware of anybody else trying to use that and saying this out loud right now makes me think someone's going to try it now. But anyway, MTV Trigger in most of the places. What about you, sir? You can find me on Twitter at the one heart. It is at the one heart underscore. Can't get that still. 
Anyway, that's that's where you can find me. You can also find me in the PUBG Discord, the Winner Winner Discord. Yeah, if you don't see me playing PUBG, you'll see me playing lots of other games. Uh, see if Thieves Among Us is the, the hotness right now. Who doesn't want to stab their friends in the back, make them into a chicken leg. So yeah, you can also find me in the vents. Awesome, man. Well, I think that's it. Make sure that everybody you get into the giveaway. There'll be tons of ways to do that. We'll post it. And there'll be a bunch of small giveaways as well. So there's a big grand prize, obviously, but we'll have some other stuff involved there. But as far as us, I think that's it, man. Time to get out. Go forth and play PUBG. Winner, winner, out.